So let's go to John 14, uh, 15 and 16. Jesus said this. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Everybody say comforter. Some other translations said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. We're not alone. Amen. We're not only worshiping the historical Jesus. We are in fellowship with the living God. That's why this is not about a dead religion, a formality, a ceremony, or some external thing. It's about a personal relationship with God that each one of you can have. Every day, every day, every day. And you can have that when you come to church, praise God, as we heard already. Where two or more are gathered, there is he in the midst. There's a special presence of God when we come together. But I also want to encourage you today that you can have the presence of God with you every day of your life where you live and where you are. Can I have an amen? And let's go to the 15th chapter and we'll take a verse there. Very, very powerful verse. The 7th verse. John 15, 7, if you, everybody say if, if you abide in me, means live in me. We're to live in Jesus. Amen. If you abide in me and my words abide, live in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You're going to have results in prayer like you couldn't believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you'll abide means remain connected to the Lord personally, spiritually. And if his word lives in your heart, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Isn't that a powerful promise? Now in the 16th chapter, and the 27th verse, I love this verse. Praise God, this is neat. Uh, John 16, verse 27. For the Father himself loveth you. The Father himself loveth you. Some of us maybe had some difficulties growing up. Maybe we didn't have the best relationship with our natural father, but we have a father who loves us. And he has perfect love for us. Amen. The Father himself loveth you. Because you have loved me and believed that I came out from God. And he's talking earlier here. He says, I don't say that I, to talk to me and then I'll talk to the Father. He says, you can go directly to the Father in my name. Isn't that good? And then if you'll notice in the 17th verse, or the 17th chapter rather, in the third verse, Jesus says, this is in his prayer to the Father before he leaves the earth. He says, and this is life eternal. We're going to learn what life eternal is. You know, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, life eternal. Amen. We, we know that. And of course, when we hear that, we think, yes, we're going to get to go to heaven. Yes, praise God, we get to go to heaven. But here we're going to learn something else about life eternal. He said, this is life eternal. That they might know thee. The only true God. The only true God. 
and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Folks, we have the privilege of knowing the Father and the Son. In fact, in, back in that 14th chapter, he said, my Father and I will come to you and live in you. <laughs> and he does that by the Holy Spirit. Susan was talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is so important to our life with God because he conveys the Father and the Son to us. He lives with us. He lives in us. He's our comforter, our counselor. We're, no, we're not orphans. We have a relationship. We have a fellowship with God every day, every day, every day. Can I have an amen? Now, I want to talk to you today about something that has really meant a lot to me. Uh, probably one of the most important things other than my salvation, the baptism, the Holy Spirit, so on, that I received when I came to the Lord. You know, we come to the Lord and we're born again, right? We're born again when we accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives. We receive, hear the gospel message that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. Then we have this experience called the new birth and we become children of God. Our sins are forgiven. Our hearts are changed. We become a new creature. That is so powerful. I'm always preaching about that. Because I'm so happy about what the Lord has done for me. But I want to talk to you about something that since that time, I think has been so very important to me. I mean, if, if I've had any success in ministry, if I've had, been able to overcome trials, which I have had trials, of course, I know none of you have had those, but, but yeah, we have trials, amen? But this is something that has sustained me over the years and has become very, very important to me. And I want to share it with you because I think, uh, you know, it will encourage you and help you. And that is our daily devotional time with the Lord, our daily time with the Lord. Maybe you've heard it called morning devotions or time with him or quiet time. It goes by different names, but it's our time to be with Jesus. Time with Jesus. Now, some of you, you know, maybe have a great devotional life. Some of you have somewhat, but you'd like it to be better. Some of you maybe don't have much. But God wants to encourage you in your daily devotional time because it's something that will help you and sustain you and carry you over all through your days. And as I share this with you, I, I guess I do a little bit with fear and trembling because I don't want you to receive this message as, you know, well, another thing to do. This is something, another duty Sometimes, you know, us preachers will come, give you these messages, and here's another thing for me to do, you know, <laughs> to add to my to-do list. No, this is something that will bless you. Because sometimes, sometimes, you know, your devotional time can be duty and drudgery. It can become that. But God wants it to be a delight. Can I have an amen? The Bible said, delight yourself in the Lord... And he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, I enjoy God. Amen. There's sometimes, you know, just like any relationship, 
I don't understand certain things he's doing or why he doesn't do this or do that. But I want you to know, I enjoy the Lord. I enjoy his presence like we've enjoyed it together here. I enjoy his presence every morning. I don't wait to come to church to get in the presence of God. Amen. There's a special presence when we come together. There's a special uh, way that he manifests himself. But I worship God every morning of every day. Praise God. And for me, it's morning devotion. Some people have a devotional time at a different time, but I like, I like the morning. I like the early time. And it is a delight to me. But it does take some discipline. And we don't like that word very well, do we? Discipline. But discipline is good. Can I have an amen? Did you ever think about it? Relationships require discipline. Amen? If you don't control your tongue, your relationships aren't going to be very healthy. Can I have an amen? Just as for an example. Or guys, if you don't pick up your socks, uh, it could hinder your relationship. Amen? Discipline. Or go to, go to work to supply the needs of your family and so on. I mean, there is a certain amount of discipline in relationships. And, you know, to get going into a daily devotional time takes some discipline. And I also believe in family devotions. Praise God. Susan and I have a time of prayer together uh, every day. And that's really been a blessing to us. Uh, I've seen some really good fruit come out of that. And we also usually have a scripture or sometimes a little Bible study or so on. And that's really important too. But you know what? Every one of us need our time with Jesus. And, and so that's what I want to talk to you about today is enjoying your time with Jesus. Can I have an amen? Because it is a relationship. That's what we need to continue to remember. The Bible talks about different aspects. You know, we talked about the, the father-child relationship. One place it talks about in, in uh, John there, uh, you are my friends. Uh, another place, it talks about our elder brother, Jesus. So we're in relationship. Another place, it talks about our relationship with the Lord as a marriage. See, when you get married, you have a wedding ceremony. That's where you tie the knot, right? That's the beginning. We could compare that to being born again. You tie the knot. You make Jesus the Lord of your life. You know, you're... You make a commitment to him, a lifelong commitment, and you are born again. Praise God. And by the way, if you're here today and you haven't done that, you can do that today. Praise God. But how many know you don't get, you don't get married, have the wedding ceremony, and then go home and go into separate bedrooms and just say hi to each uh, one another in the morning when you get ready to go to work? Amen. It's a relationship. It's a love relationship. You love one another. You cultivate that relationship. You live life together. And that's what we need to do with Jesus. We need to live life with Jesus. Amen. And what I found is my time with the Lord has been such a help, such a, a fruitful thing in my life. And I, I just want to encourage you in that. So we want to go from 
duty and drudgery to delight with some discipline. Amen? Can I have an amen? Um, Some of the things that I have done over the years in my devotional time with the Lord, um, and I found that it's changed. It's, It's always changing. Uh, there's some things that I've used for a while, and then that kind of passed away. But, you know, it, it's all part of the process. One thing I want to encourage you in is don't get discouraged. You know, if you do something, you try something for a while, maybe it's a reading plan. Say, yes, this year I'm going to get on this reading plan. If it doesn't work for you, you know, a lot of times we'll get discouraged. Well, I guess I'm just a, I'm just a dud. I'm just a failure as a Christian. I can't keep this reading plan. Well, the reading plan is just a tool. It's the relationship that matters. Just keep, just keep going. The most important thing about your devotional time is just keep going. And, you know, sometimes for me, I mean, sometimes it's exciting. You know, God's speaking, God's moving, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. I mean, sometimes it's just, it's just like ecstasy. And sometimes it's just another day. (laughs) Amen? The most important thing is just keep going. Amen? Just keep going. Keep enjoying the Lord. Keep praying. Keep reading. Keep seeking the Lord. When I first started out having a morning devotional time, I used uh, devotional books as part of it. So I'd have a book, and you know, you've seen them. They have a date. You know, each day has a scripture and a little lesson and a confession or a prayer at the end. And I used that, and it was good because it helped me get a discipline going. It helped me get started, praise God. Now, at this time, I don't use that very much. I have about, I have like three devotionals sitting next to me on my, where I have my time with the Lord, but I don't use them every day, just once in a while. And usually when I need them, or when I use them is when I need some inspiration, I need somebody to encourage me. Amen? My ideal devotional time is, you know, me and my Bible and my notebook and the Holy Ghost. That's, that's, I enjoy that. But sometimes I may know we need a little help. That's why God put teachers in the body, encouragers. And so sometimes, you know, I'll just take a devotion. I'll just look, well, what's, what's going on this day? And a lot of times that'll help me, that'll feed me, that'll get me going, to get my spirit stirred up, and then I'll get into the Word. Some of the other things I've used is reading plans. I haven't found they work very well for me, reading plans, but I've done that. One thing that I've done is using the Lord's Prayer as an outline. And I found when I was doing that, that it would be easy for me to pray for an hour. Now, I just mentioned a time. So some of you are thinking, well, how long should my devotional time be? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Just let the Lord tell you that, how long it's supposed to be. You know, obviously, for me, I'm able to spend more time probably than some of you are because I don't have to be at a, uh, a job at 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. But make time for Jesus. You'll find out it's beneficial. Can I have an amen? Um. But using the Lord's Prayer as an outline was one thing. Uh, another thing, one, one season in my life, I uh, prayed in tongues for an hour a day. Uh, just, I had heard someone 
say they did that and how beneficial it was. And I did that for I don't know how long, a few, a few months. Man, that was very helpful. Now, I don't do that. I, go, I pray, in, pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit, and I'll go back to praying in the understanding. I'll get in the Word. I kind of go back and forth. But each one of these things, I think, helped me along the way to develop my devotional time, my time with the Lord. And this is, you know, this is just such a blessing for ministers because when you have this going, then it's not all about preparing sermons. It's about a relationship with God, and out of that relationship, the sermons come. Can I have an amen? Uh, Another thing that I've done is scripture lists. Go through the Bible and study on healing and write down or type the scriptures, get them on a sheet of paper, and then during my devotional time, I would meditate and confess those scriptures. For example, peace, the scriptures Susan gave, would be good ones to, you know, just take and, and meditate on uh, each morning. What I, what I mean by meditate is just read them and think about them, confess them, quote them out of your mouth. I like to take scriptures and put them in first person. Like, for example, the scripture she mentioned about my peace I give unto you, I would say, Jesus has given me his peace. Uh, And that other one, uh, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I'd say, well, thank God there's tribulation, but I'm of good cheer because Jesus has overcome the world, and I have the victory. So confessing the scriptures in first person, I have found to be very powerful because what that does is it gets you in agreement with the word of God. And by the way, the word of God is God's word. It is what God speaks. If you want to get to know someone, read what they have written. Amen? When you read the word of God, you are growing in the knowledge of God. It's not just another textbook where you get information and you get it into your mind. It's like you're beginning to know and to learn about the person of God and Jesus Christ. You're absorbing that into your being and you're growing in the Lord. Amen. Um, Rewards and benefits of our devotional life. Uh, Matthew 6, 6. And by the way, I have, I'm going to leave the notes if anybody would like, because we're not going to look up every scripture, but I'll leave the notes here. If anybody wants, you can copy them and have them for yourself. But in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray unto thy Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You know, Jesus promised that if you, when you pray, the Father will reward you openly. You're praying in secret, but he rewards you openly. It'll be reflected in your life. People will see the victory that's in your life. You know, it's something that happens in the quietness of your own heart and with God, but God rewards you openly because of it. Now, he says, when you go into your closet, uh, well, you all got to pray in our closets, right? <laughs> No, it's just, he's just saying a closed away part, just some place where you can be with the Lord. Amen. It doesn't have to be a, quote, what we call a closet, but a place where you can be alone with the Lord. We need to be alone with the Lord. Amen. Have, have some time 
to be with the Lord. Uh, moms with young children, it's challenging. But God will give you a way. God will show you a way. I've heard stories of women who, you know, had their devotional time at uh, mid-morning or something. Their kids were old enough. They just said, I'm going in the bedroom. Leave me alone. They go in there for whatever amount of time. They spend some time with the Lord. Find a way. Have your husband watch the kids so you can spend some time with the Lord. Amen. Guys, it'll give you something to do. Praise God. Spend some time with your children so your wife can pray. Amen. Another promise from the Word of God is Joshua 1.8. It says, For this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua, uh, the Lord told Joshua, to get in the Word and meditate in it day and night. To think and ponder on the Word. See, this is what happens for me. I like, the, I like the early morning because before life gets busy, before things start happening, I like to get my time with the Lord. Amen? And then throughout the day, I'll think about those scriptures that I studied or meditated on in the morning. They'll be with me all day. Amen? He says, meditate in the Word day and night. See, we think, well, you know what, I have to have my Bible open all day long. No, you just get it in your heart. And when you're out there taking care of the cattle or whatever you do, you just think about the Word of God. Amen? And then the Holy Spirit can take and apply that Word of God to your daily life, to the things that are going on in your relationships, the things that are going on in your finances or your health or whatever it is. And He can put those things together and He can give you an understanding. He says, meditate on that word day and night that you may observe to do all that is written therein. So you become a doer of the word. The word of God becomes activated in your life. And then what happens? You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So who's going to make your way prosperous? What? Who? You. Right, because I mean, most most time say that people say, "Well, God." Well, yes, God, but you, because you're cooperating with God. Hello, how many hear what I'm saying today? You guys are so quiet today, but this is this is good. This will help you. I'm not I'm not kidding you. This will help you if you'll apply this in your life. Uh, So meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do. Uh, all that's written there, then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. I'm not talking today about getting saved. I'm talking about what you can do after you got saved to have victory in your Christian life. Amen? Because you see, the word must be received and then must be acted upon in your life in order for it to become effectual. Yeah, the most important thing is your salvation. But God does not want you to get saved and then live a defeated life. This book is full of promises and full full of victory. And the peace that Susan talked about is available to you every day. But you have to go and appropriate it. Can I have an amen? Praise God. Can I have a better amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, some of the benefits of um, your personal time with God. 
Guidance. How many could use guidance from the Lord? Uh, wisdom in the affairs of life. Recognizing God's voice. A constant supply of spiritual substance and strength. Victory over temptation. Stability. And last but not least, answered prayer. And you know, think about what a privilege we have to fellowship with the Lord. It's anything but a duty. <laughs> it's an opportunity to fellowship with your Heavenly Father. It's an opportunity to spend time with the King of the universe. <laughs> what a great privilege it is. Think of it. You know, I mean, most people would think, gee, if I ever had an opportunity to meet with the, the head of state, the head of state or the president of the United States or something like that, if you like the president of the United States. But, uh, but you understand what I'm saying? To meet with a high dignitary, this is the highest. Amen. And he invites you to come and fellowship with him. And by the way, it's not just you doing something. It's about you, you know, it's about you talking to the Lord, but it's also about you receiving from the Lord. It's receiving that love. It's receiving that comfort. It's giving the Lord time to do the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart and life. Can I have an amen? Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter. Uh, chapter 1. And I want you to note, notice here first in verse 18 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Now we're going to start talking a little bit about the word and then we're going to talk a little bit about prayer. And I'm going to try to make this short because I don't want to wear you out, but I want to give you what you need at the same time. <clears throat> For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or empty manner of life received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And then notice in verse 23, being what? Born again. Everybody say born again. Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We're born again by that living word. Then in, if you'll notice in the second chapter, in the first verse, it says, Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings. This is what you're supposed to lay, lay aside these things. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Did you ever notice how little babies, they desire milk? <laughs> yeah, they cry, man. I want some milk. Give me my milk. I mean, we're, we're grandparents. We, we know what it's like, you know. <laughs> uh, I want my milk. Amen. He says, that's the way you're supposed to be as a Christian. Give me my word. I need that word. Why? So you can grow thereby. Do you have a goal, an aspiration in your life to grow in the Lord? Amen, I do. 
I want to grow in the things of God. I want to mature. I want to develop. I want to be like Jesus. Amen? Thank God for what he did initially in my salvation, but I want to go on with God. How am I going to do that? By the word. Amen? Desire the sincere milk of the word. And by the way, when people come into your church and they get born again, you need to be giving them the word. They're not necessarily going to be in the place where they can have a morning devotion. They don't know how to do that yet. You have to give them milk. You know what milk is? Pre-digested food. So you have to be in the word. You have to be alive in the word so you can nurture those new people that come in the church. Amen? And teach them the basics of the Word of God and teach them how they can have a personal devotional time with the Lord. Amen? You got to get them going so they can feed themselves. How many hear what I'm saying? Because, you know, you, you can't just be born again and then let somebody starve to death. Amen? That goes for you and it goes for those that are new in the Lord. Amen? Folks, it's not enough just to be saved. You've got to eat. Amen? Just as the same as a little baby, you can't just have that baby be born and then let it starve to death. Can I have an amen? So some of the ways that we relate to the word is basically three, three different ways. Number one is reading. If you can't read, get, get a tape or CD and listen to the word and learn how to read. By the way, God will help you to learn how to read. <laughs> Amen. Smith Wigglesworth couldn't read when he, got, when he came to the Lord, but the Lord taught him to read. Amen. And he only read one book. <laughs> he read the Bible. It was the only book he read in his life. But anyway, reading, reading. First um, uh, Timothy. First Timothy 4.13 says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. He's talking to, Paul is talking to Timothy, his disciple. He says, pay attention to reading. Now, I'm not sure if he was referring to reading in the assembly or personal reading, probably both. I personally think it's good to read the Bible in the church too. Amen. But we need to read the word of God. That is one of the constants. You know, I talked about different things that I've done and different things I do in my devotional time. Probably the constant or one of the two constants is reading. I try to read at least a chapter, and usually it's more, but I mean, if it's a busy day or something like that, well then, let's just read one chapter. At least read a chapter in the New Testament. And, you know, if that bears witness with you, just put, just put that into practice in your life. Just say, okay, I'm going to at least read one chapter in the New Testament every day and let God speak to me through it. And I read the New Testament through. I start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and so on, all the way through. And by the time I get to Revelation, I'm ready to get back to Matthew. Because I love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I read through the whole New Testament. You say, well, why do you do that? Why don't you just jump around? Well, I have found that it's helpful to get the whole picture to read the whole book, to get the whole picture. And what about the Old Testament? Yes, the Old Testament's important too, but the primary importance for us as New Testament believers is the New Testament. Because when we read the Old Testament, we need to read it with 
New Testament eyes. So in my daily time, I focus on be sure to get the New Testament. And so let the Lord guide you. You know, he may want you to read some in the new, some in the old. And like I say, I've tried reading programs and things like that. But for me, this is what's the daily constant thing. I do a lot of other things, but the constant thing is I read my Bible. Turn to your neighbor and say, read your Bible. <laughs> Got to read your Bible if you want revival. Hello? Amen. So there's reading and then there's study. In 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. So there's reading, and then there's studying. How do you study? Well, we don't have time to talk about all the aspects of studying, but studying is digging a little deeper, comparing scriptures, looking at different themes in the Bible. The few scriptures that Susan gave, that was a little study, you know? And you can do that. You can find scriptures on peace, and you can study about them, and you can write them down in a notebook. That's why I like to have a notebook with me, too, in my daily time, to write down the things that I'm impressed about out of the Word of God. So I have a little notebook, and I write down. And so you could have a little study on peace or whatever subject, things that you need in your life, you can study about them. And a good study Bible is helpful for that, one of the tools that you can use. I have a, happen to have a Thompson chain, and I like it because it has the subjects, all the different subjects tied together all through the whole Bible. It also has a concordance in the back. So you can look up, for example, you could look up peace, and you could find out some of the scriptures that are listed in this concordance. It's a partial concordance, but you can look it up, and you can find those scriptures on peace. You can write them in your notebook, and you can study. Another thing is in studying, you can look up the original words if you have a, a strong concordance, you can look up the words and see what they meant in the original language. Uh, and that's helpful. I'm blessed because I have on my phone an app where I can look up every word in the Bible and see what the original meaning was, is. I remember one time I was preaching somewhere, and this was kind of in the early days, but I was preaching for this pastor. And... Uh, they were kind of laughing at me because when I came, I was staying in their house and I had this like um, wooden thing with all these reference books. <laughs> I'm traveling uh, with this big bunch of books so I can study and prepare for the sermons at night. But now I have most of all those things are on my little phone. I can just, so I'm sitting there with my Bible and my notebook and I got my phone. And so I'm reading, I'm reading something, you know, Let's say I wanted to look up the word sincere. I don't have it written in here, but <clears throat> I thought the other day, I'd like to look that word up, and I didn't, but I could just look that up, see? That's studying. That's going, digging a little bit deeper, and that helps you. Amen. And so for me, study is just kind of as it seems right, or when, when I'm reading, when I'm inspired, I want to dig a little deeper than I study, or if I'm led of the Lord to study a certain subject, uh, I try not to just study for sermons. I try to study to grow and develop in the Christian life and as a minister. So there's reading, studying, and then finally, meditate. Meditate means to mull over, to roll over in your mind. See, because this is a spiritual book. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit 
and they are alive, amen? So when we meditate, it allows it to sink down into our spiritual being. It lets our heart ponder those things. And when we take the word of God in, we need to think about what is God saying to me today? You know, we might be reading Joshua, how they went to possess the land, but how does it pertain to me? How am I going to possess the land in my business? Right? What's, what's God saying to me through this scripture? Because God will speak to you, you know, from all over the Bible. So meditation is really one of the most powerful ways to relate to the word. And you can do that, you know, you do your reading in the morning. Let's say you don't have a lot of time. You know, you haven't got into a two-hour devotional or something, but you've got time to read your Bible. You've got time to pray. You're out the door. You know what? On the way to the job site, you can meditate. Now, keep your eye on the road. But you hear what I'm saying? You can think about these things all day long. Amen? It's just... The devotional time we're talking about is like the beginning point. And then out of that comes your thoughts and your walk with God. We're to walk with God continually. The scripture said, pray without ceasing. So your devotional time may be a certain amount of minutes or whatever. But you can pray on an ongoing basis wherever you go, what you're doing. It gets you in tune for that. Can I have an amen? Are you all getting anything out of this? Praise God. Maybe you like Susan's preaching better, huh? Most people like her writing better than mine, but... Okay. So there is something you can do to be successful in the Christian life. Not as a duty, but as an aid and a help to cooperate with God. One time I preached a message here called Activating the Gospel. This is kind of getting down to the how-to of doing that. Okay, now let's talk about prayer a little bit. Psalm 5, verse 3 says, My voice shall you hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. David said, I'm going to look up in the morning. I'm going to talk to you, Lord. (laughs) And as I said, I like morning times. That's when my mind is the most clear and most ready to receive from God. Now, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 6. And uh, verses 9 through 13. And this is what we call the Lord's Prayer. And if you were raised in a traditional church, you probably heard this every Sunday. It can become very methodical, very traditional. You can, if you want, say it without even thinking about it after a while. But I believe that Jesus was teaching us how to pray here. And as I said, there was a time in my life where I really focused on this as a prayer outline but it still is something that continues to work and develop. Because, you know, a lot of people struggle with prayer. I don't know about you. Maybe you're all, you know, really got it all together. But a lot of people, a lot of Christians struggle with how to pray. You know, we hear encouragement to pray and pray for this need and so on. How do you pray? Well, that's exactly what the disciples asked Jesus. How do you pray? 
How do you pray, Jesus? Verse 9. After this manner. Not as a something to recite. And I'm not saying that that's bad to recite this, but that wasn't really the point of this. He's saying, this is how you do it. He was giving us an understanding of how to go about praying. Amen? He says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, pray ye. Our Father starts with our Father. What is that? Our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We address Him personally. Amen? Our Father, which art in heaven. That sort of, sort of sets the stage for praying, amen? I'm coming before the God of the universe, <laughs> who is my daddy, my father, who is in heaven. Praise God. I am coming before someone that cares about me and cares about my needs and will listen to my prayer. And if I got a prayer that's going to require the help for a friend of mine, he'll answer that too. Because I'm his child and he's my daddy. I'm coming to him in prayer. Hallelujah. So our father, I mean, there's so much theology and who we are in Christ as you talked about, you know, that goes into that. Our father, which art in heaven. And then hallowed be thy name. It's a hallelujah. It's a worship. A prayer of worship. Sometimes we get the idea, well, we have to come to church and worship. Yes, we worship in church. But listen, folks, you can worship in your living room. You can worship in your bedroom. You can worship in your, wherever you pray. Worship the Lord. That's a big time part of my uh, devotional time. Devotion means to be devoted to or to worship. So when I'm praying, it's not just about bringing requests. It's about worshiping my Heavenly Father, worshiping Jesus Christ, communing with the Holy Spirit. Just spend some time worshiping, whatever works best for you. I very often in the morning, I'll sing some praise songs to the Lord. Just whatever whatever comes to mind. And I'll worship in the Spirit. Just make a connection. Can I have an amen? Amen. After this manner, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So here's our prayer of petition. This is what we're asking God to bring forth. Okay. Now, this is sideline, but I want you to think about this because I think it's very interesting. People often say, well, whatever happens, it was, the, it was the Lord's will. Somebody got into a car accident. Well, it must have been God's will. Some mysterious reason he wanted them to have that. If that's the case, why did he tell us to pray? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If God's will is automatically done all the time, why would he tell us to pray his will? And here's another thing to think about in prayer. God wants to use you in prayer. You are the ones with your feet on the earth. He's our Father which is in heaven. He's given the earth to people. That's why there's a lot of mess in the earth. Amen? But we as Christians, we know the Lord. We're to be here praying, Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. 
Now, the totality of his kingdom will not come until Jesus comes back. But in the meantime, we can still pray his will into this earth. You can pray the will of God into your church, into your family. So don't think of it when you're praying is you're trying to twist the Lord's arm to get him to do something for you. It's that you're working with him to bring forth his will in various situations in your life. So a lot of people, you know, don't understand. They think if you pray authoritatively that you're bossing God around. No, we're not going to boss God around. It's that we are doing and saying what he wants to say. We're cooperating with him in prayer to accomplish his will. We're praying, yes, we're his ambassadors. We're praying his will into the earth. We have been given authority as children of God. Now he wants us to use it. So we begin to say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, as I said, you could easily, some people think, well, if I had to pray five minutes, I don't know. But you, if you use this outline, you could pray. You could pray an hour. Even in English. <laughs> because think about it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, starting right here. This is part of the earth, right? <laughs> Have your way in me, Lord. Have you, I yield myself to you, Lord. Not my will, but your will be done in me. Thank you, Lord, for working in me and the attitudes that I have in my life. Thank you, Lord. I yield myself to you. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in me. Then you can pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my family, in my marriage, amen, in my church, in my community, in my nation. Our nation needs intercessors right now, see? And so this is where, you, I mean, you could spend a lot of time, amen? There's things that are going on in the world that need you to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the nations of the world. Give us this day our daily bread, praying for your needs. Thank you, Lord, for supplying our needs today. Hallelujah. And pray with faith. Believe that you receive it. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. A prayer for forgiveness. First of all, that the Lord would forgive you. One thing that we need to do, and we, this is something we can do in our daily time with the Lord, is we need to keep a short account. If there's something that's been, we've been doing wrong, amen, don't live under condemnation, get forgiveness. The Bible said if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You know that you have the ability to be cleansed from all unrighteousness? <laughs> Praise God. See, when you're born again, you're in relationship with God. Amen? You're a child of God. But sometimes your fellowship is hindered by sin. Can I have an amen? And you, but just keep a short account. Get forgiven. But he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Then when we ask for forgiveness, we need to forgive others. This is so helpful to you in your spiritual life. And lead us not to, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I think you go back into that. It's really saying, do not allow us to be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So it's a prayer for victory over temptation. 
<clears throat> See, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I found if I don't take time to be in the Word and pray intentionally, that I can slip just a little bit. Amen? In my thinking, in my attitudes, in my action, I can just slip a little bit, and then I can slip a little more and slip a little more. See, this keeps me on track. It builds a stability and a strength into me that's reflected in my life, my ministry, my marriage, my family. Amen? It's so helpful. It's so helpful. Now, again, don't receive this as another duty. <laughs> you know, heaping another duty on you. I'm trying to help you folks. Amen? This will bless you. Praise God. All right. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Amen. That's praise. Praising him, thanking him that it's all good. He can handle the situations. Lord, you can handle the situations in my life. You're the king. Jesus is Lord. I have the victory. Amen. Amen, Which means, so be it. (laughs) Amen. So very powerful. Okay. And then, also, we're almost done. I know, I know I'm stretching you a little bit here, but I don't get to come that often, so. Uh, let's just flip over quickly to uh, 1 Corinthians 14. I want to talk just a little bit about praying in the Spirit. This is a message in its own. I think we've taught on it here before. Praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. And we'll just look at a couple of verses here in the 14th chapter. But again, this would be a good place for you to, in your personal devotional time, to read 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, okay? To, to read about this, praying in the Spirit. It says in verse 4, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue does what? It defies himself. But he that prophesieth edifies the church. So we come to church and we hear a prophecy, then we're all edified. But when we speak in tongues, it says here, you edify yourself. And edify means to build up. One time I was having a conversation about someone who, with someone who did not like speaking in tongues. <laughs> they had been indoctrinated against it and they made the statement to me, well, see right here, it says when you speak in tongues, you're just building yourself up. You know, that's all you're doing is building yourself up. Like that was bad. Folks, you need, how many need to be built up? It's not talking about building yourself up in pride. It's talking about building yourself up in God. He that speaks in an unknown tongue builds himself up in God. What happens when you build yourself up in God? You can help others because you're building yourself up. So you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You can help somebody. Can I have an amen? And if you'll notice in the uh, 15th verse also, Paul says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. Everybody say, I will pray with the Spirit. And with the understanding also. 
Let's say that too. And with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. It is so helpful. I think we underestimate the power of speaking in tongues so much. It is so helpful and so powerful. God has gotten me out of so many jams by praying in other tongues. And you talk about peace. The Bible said that this is the rest and this is the refreshing. So it brings a release of peace to you. And many times when I'm ministering to people and I don't know how to pray, I'll just pray quietly in the Spirit. And very often I'll know what to say and what to do. Because it's, it's a connection. It's a spiritual connection. Because see, we tend to live up here, don't we? But God speaks to us down here. And that's why praying in other tongues is such a help. So I go back and forth. Pray in other tongues. Pray in English. Maybe read the scriptures. Maybe meditate. Write some things down. And it just blends together in a wonderful time with the Lord. And it's a gift. You don't have to earn the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking other tongues. It's a gift. You're born again. Just ask your Heavenly Father, and He will give you that gift. Can I have an amen? And then finally, just a, just a word here on, again, your devotional time. Waiting on God. Waiting on God. In uh, Psalm 27, verse 14, it says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So to me, that means be still and know that I am God. It's not just about us praying in tongues and confessing and praying this and praying that. It's about, okay, let's just get quiet and let God speak. Let him minister strength to us. It's a relationship. Folks, relationships are two ways. You know, if I get up every morning and my wife and just give her a lecture, you know, <laughs> it's not too good a relationship. We've got to have the back and forth. Amen? And the Lord wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you. And he'll give you guidance in your life that way. He'll, by the inward witness, he'll show you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Sometimes he'll speak to you, the inward voice, by the inward voice. And he'll just bring a sense of strength and courage into you. Wait on the Lord. He will strengthen your heart. How many of us need that? We need that strength in our heart. You know, we, we've got difficulties. We've got trials. We need to go with the courage of God, with the strength of God. So take time, you know, after you read and pray and just, just wait on the Lord. Just get quiet. Take time to wait on the Lord. So I just, I just challenge you and encourage you with this. I, I pray you've gotten something out of this. And I think if you'll think about it some more, I, I really, you know, I didn't have time to develop this. I've taught this overseas a number of times to ministers. <clears throat> Usually it's two lessons though. So you got both in one. But if you'll take this, and I, like I say, I'll leave, I'll leave the notes maybe. Fran, should I give them to you, or who should I give them to? Give them to Fran. If you want the notes, get a copy. And I think if you'll just take time to meditate on this and think on this and just apply it to your own life the way the Lord shows you to do it. Amen? Because you're not going to be like me. I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be like Jesus. But I shared some personal things for the purpose of just giving you a window. Okay? 
into the way things work with me and the Lord in my personal devotional time, hoping that, you know, it'll be a help to you and encouragement to you. Amen? How many got at least one thing out of that today? Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.